Hi, everyone. This is Joe Waters, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Cause Talk Radio. Of course, I am here with the woman who is performing with Beyonce at the Super Bowl <laughs> this weekend. Megan Strand. You know, if that were true, I would not be here. But thank you, Joe. And I, I, I can't. I, you know, I think you're going to have a malfunction this weekend. You know, that's I don't even know of. what to do with that. I was going to take know. this whole introduction in a new direction, and you just sabotaged <laughs> me from the beginning. But it's nice to talk to you again, yes. as always. And, yeah. and uh, we got a we we have another great show. And you know what's great is we have someone on the line, uh, Megan, that you and I both really admire because we've seen him at Cosmic and Forum. I've heard him speak. You know, when I go to Cosmic and Forum, I really like to talk to a lot of people, and I don't get into too many sessions. But on the line today is George Weiner who is the founder of Whole Whale. And I made sure at Cause Marketing Forum last year to uh, to take in a, some time at his session. Hey, George, how's it going? Uh, doing well today. Thanks for having me. No problem. Yeah, it's really nice to have you. You know, what we want to talk about is um, we know that you, as the founder of Whole Whale recently, um, but we also know you as the chief technology officer at DoSomething.org, which you did for a number of years. Tell us what you're up to now. Sure. I uh, recently, after about seven years at uh, Do Something, helping them grow uh, an amazing uh, organization and technology team there, uh, I felt that it was time to, to work on the intersection of technology and social impact, something I care very passionately about, and now that's what occupies my time at Whole Whale, um, working with uh, different clients and focused on uh, not only creating uh, free resources, but also uh, help with a bit more hands-on with great organizations. Mm-hmm. When you look back at your time at Do Something, what do you feel? Well, let me just take a step back. Joe and I also have a lot of admiration for Do Something because it's mm. this young mover yeah. shaker. They also happen to be our Golden Halo Award winner this year for yeah. Cause Marketing Forum. You know, they kind of get the whole technology piece. They kind of get they get it. So when you look back at your time at Do Something. Talk just a little bit about your contribution from a technology standpoint and, and what you feel most proud of being able being able to help them on that progression. Sure. The, um, to put it into buckets, you know, it'd be people, process, and product uh, in that order. Uh, the people that uh, I was fortunate enough to, to find and then trick into working there uh, <laughs> for me or in general for the organization uh, helped move it every inch forward, you know, down to like, you know, the, the data analysts or social media or, you know, the uh, just rock star developers we were able to get in New York, uh, each one of them helped us kind of make these, you know, ideas that I think we all have around the table, mm-hmm. really make these ideas part of, uh, you know, a reality for us. And to hit scale, you need the people that know how to build those things and own your own technology. Mm. Uh, at a certain point, you just can't, you know, outsource it for the initial site build and then hope that site will somehow magically not have bugs and grow on its own. Right. So we had that uh, the people side of it first. Um, on mm-hmm. the process, uh, early on, uh, I was, uh, I'd say, a heavy, heavy proponent of looking at what the data say. Mm-hmm. And this went you know, across web analytics, social analytics, and then also just the true impact of, you know, when we run this program, this is how many kids we hit. When we run mm-hmm. this program, this is how many kids we had, and putting it out there for us to see, uh, it just it helped us focus on where we needed to early on, uh, and uh, fortunate enough to have uh, a bit more of a shift where technology was adopted as part of 
uh, you know, not just overhead, but mm-hmm. part of our impact, part of our product. And mm-hmm. so the, you know, Nancy uh, was, you know, always making sure that I have uh, the resources I need, which I think is not oh, always the case. No, yeah, no. You know, one of the things I always wanted to do would do something like the fact that you at do something focus on millennials and younger. You know, that's the demographic that I think of for do something. You know, how did that drive the innovation? And did that make innovation that much easier? I would say, you know, I, I wouldn't think the target market should matter that much for innovation, though. Well, let me put it this way, George. With, uh, say that you're doctors as opposed to, you know, seniors. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, well, that's what I wanted too. Like, say that, you, you know, suddenly you're CTO at the Arthritis Foundation, you know? Or Elder Hostel, or one of those organizations and stuff like that. I mean, you know, how does that, you know, I, I'm just kind of interested in terms of like, how does an organization like that, how do the tools change? How does the conversation change with that type of audience? Now, you may not have a lot of experience working with that audience, uh, but I think about, you know, a lot of the other nonprofits that are probably listening in today and how much older their, uh, you know, their demographic is. I agree that having uh, the millennial focus. Our digital natives uh, helped mm. us a lot more with innovations in text messaging, helped yep. us with innovate, pushing, you know, Facebook apps, mobile apps, yep. Yep. Uh, and the like. Uh, when I've worked with older um, older demographics, you know, mm-hmm. the focus actually is, you know, how could we look better leverage uh, a Google Voice? How could we better leverage um, actually more uh, audio communications or those mm-hmm. types of uh, mediums that they use to communicate? Mm-hmm. And right, right. Yeah. So in a lot of ways, it goes back to what you originally said about the importance of data in terms of looking at what people are using and then targeting those mediums. Absolutely. The first place I would go, given uh, a new client, is uh, I immediately ask ask for access to uh, their Google Analytics profile. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And inside of there, uh, I'm able to see what sites are linking to them, what yep. types of keywords are driving people in, and then uh, what they're looking for once they get there, which gives me a, an initial look at, like, what communication tools, what psychodemographic are we dealing with. Uh, it really helps for part of the story for me. Mm. Can, can you talk a little bit about just nonprofits in general? If you had to overgeneralize, of course, accepting organizations like Do Something, to say, you know, here's something that I just don't understand why nonprofits aren't grabbing a hold of, whether it's mobile or whether it's some so- social platform or whether it's just their own analytics. Can you make a generalization for us? What are the things you think most people are not paying attention to that they should be? Uh, I'm pretty averse to like generally uh, over. Uh... Come on, this is a 20 minute show, George. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go on. So. Overall, uh, I think we're dealing with uh, a technology landscape that has changed so wildly in the last five years uh, that it almost requires you to go back to school to learn it. And we're pairing that up with an industry that is low on resources and high, I'd say, on tenure, to put it delicately. Right. And if you've always done what always seems to have worked, why are you going to change it? You know, pairing back to the fax machine that was around for literally decades as the, like, this is how we send a thing, because it yeah. works. It gets from here to there. Why yeah. would we ever change this thing that works? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the half-life of technology knowledge is, uh, I'd say, down to about six months, where I'm creating entirely new decks, entirely new 
strategies. I mean, literally on Monday, Google AdWords changed a whole bunch of rules for nonprofit grants, but I'm getting my head around on how to deal with it. Right. So pairing that back to a resource-strapped, tenure-high uh, nonprofit landscape, I'm not entirely surprised that uh, we lag a little bit um, overgeneralizing, late speaking. Mm-hmm. So, but so, what's what do you think is the most important thing for organizations to consider? I mean, is it just a mindset shift? Is it a dedication to technology? Is it? I mean, you know, again, y- you framed it well. High end tenure. You know, these people are very nonprofits tend to be very mission focused, mm-hmm. sometimes to the exclusion of other things, because that's you know that's why you're on the planet is to follow this mission so so is there one thing you feel like if they could just do this one thing um it it would help move the needle a little bit Mm -hmm. yeah my if i only had that that one one question it is uh what do the data say and follow the answer to that Mm -hmm. uh obviously not to a fault Uh, i know the common fears of that are you know you know Data does not drive this organization. It's the mission. Um, mm-hmm. And as long as we understand that, you know, the mission is like, I want to go to the moon. Yeah. But the data is like, well, you better use this type of rocket fuel and this type of rocket. Mm-hmm. Have a good relationship there. Mm-hmm. Not like the data says we should go to the moon. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't. No intentionality if you're mm-hmm. using it properly. But you have to look at what is actually working for your mission. Coming back mm-hmm. to the, this program delivers 10 kids. This program delivers 10,000 kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Visit what is working. Mm-hmm. No, that is so key. I mean, you know, with the with the, you know looking at the programs, and you know that's a, you know that's so often what you see is you know um, you know nonprofits are so busy like clearing the forest, they're not realizing they're not going in the right direction. You know. And, uh, you know, it can be such a big challenge for them to do something like that. So that's an interesting approach. Yeah. And that comes back to, like, when you're saying, uh, what do the data say? Um, Mm -hmm. It leads you down paths like I already mentioned Google Analytics. You know, we were talking about some of the new social analytics coming out. And then there is the uh, the internal metrics. You know, how do you intend to do that outcome measurement if you're not taking in people's email, mobile, if you're not tracking and doing – uh, the studies after the fact, you need proper databases to track your own impact in your own way. Mm-hmm. Can we talk just a little bit about some social platforms, just because it's fun to talk about? Do you have any particular social platforms that you are watching right now that you think are interesting for nonprofits? For nonprofits, I... You know, I, I hesitate to like start throwing everything, everything in the kitchen sink out there because mm. then there's this sort of following panic of like, oh my gosh, I have to be on <laughs> yeah, the I have to be there, right. cycle. Yeah. You're not on, you know, these, uh, the platforms that you should evaluate. You should first look at uh, what volume of people, you know, mm-hmm. are there, the interaction levels, mm-hmm. and is your target demographic there? So, interest, not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Google Plus, not for everybody. Mm-hmm. None of these platforms I'd say, obviously, for the, the two giants in the room, are the ones that I have any sort of recommendation on for mm-hmm. investing in. Mm-hmm. I said I'm paying a lot of attention to Google, uh, Google Plus specifically, because every Android phone that comes off the market means another Google Plus user. 
Mm-hmm. And I really think this is going to be the year for Hangouts, uh, Google Hangouts. And, yeah, uh, I've been doing more so myself, George. They're a lot of fun too. And you know, a lot of there's been a lot of press too about people writing about how um, you're on Google Plus even if you don't realize it, even if you're not actively using it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, you know, I'm going to push back a little bit on Google+, and I, I really, okay. I'm saying this from a, a place of sincerity. I want to know what is so great about Google+, outside of being on every Android phone, because I am having a hard time with the interface. I mean, I am not, I'm not seeing the engagement there. Clearly, I'm not doing something correctly, but is it is it the social platform component of it, or is it more the Google Hangout and the technology is cool in that regard that we should be paying more attention to? Because I have tried on Google Plus and I just am mm. having a hard time with it. I mean, I know like this pr- Guy I mean, Kawasaki and Chris Brogan are on Go- yeah. Google Plus, but for me, for Cause Marketing Forum, I I, I don't know. I, maybe cause, my people aren't on there. I I don't know. Change my mind, please. I need a, I need somebody to change my mind about Google Plus because I'm ready to. <laughs> Scrap it. <laughs> yeah, the company it's uh, it's a hard sell, and right now it's more uh, focused on the individual. They uh, obviously have you can get, go after your company pages, but as a as an individual, uh, you know, working back to uh, close connections first. You know, the the Dunbar number, the the idea that you know you want people in circles, and primarily it's not the like, let me see how many followers I can get. Mm. Uh, it works a lot better for uh, an individual level. Like they're talking, you know, if you're talking about a tool like Hangouts, we're saying 10 people max. Mm-hmm. That's the most you can have on a Hangout. So right. for, for tight circles and that type of interaction, it's good. So it's a communication tool first. Um, as for the, like, you know, traditional, I have to agree as a company, uh, for do something when I left, I had to just, you know, kind of like what I call life support. So it looks like there's life there, but, Mm. you're not really banking on it in any meaningful way. Right. Yeah, yeah, I know. Then that's such, you know, I think that, that Google Plus does have some interesting features. And, you know, and I really do like the Hangouts. I mean, I did something with a, a retail the other day where they brought in a bunch of other people from different industries, and I talked about cause marketing. And it was a really nice experience. And it was nice that it was, you know, only, uh, in this case, it was like seven or eight people, you know. And, uh, and you know, I'd love to find some more great uses for Google Plus. And everyone keeps on saying this is going to be the year for Google Plus. And, you know, people have said that past three years too, George, with, uh, <laughs> with mobile. You know what I mean? You know, this is going to be, I mean, I really do think 2013 is going to be the year for mobile. And it had a big well, year. Why was it, hold on. Why wasn't 2012 the year for mobile? It wasn't. That's what I think. No, George is saying it was. Yeah. No, I think I, I said it had a big year. I think mobile had a big year in terms of, um, you know, its presence and people accessing the web with their mobile devices and downloads and stuff like that. And it finally feels like 2013 will be a bigger year for mobile. Do you agree with that, George? I, I see an incremental growth. I'm still at like a, a crazy rate that beats any other technology in human history. I see yeah. teams from early on, uh, 2012, uh, increasing about 20% in cell phone usage, mm-hmm. according to like Q and other research studies that mm-hmm. come out. Like, I mean, that's like unfathomable growth. Mm-hmm. George, does every nonprofit need to have a mobile strategy? Um, you know, soon we won't be calling it mobile strategy. We'll say like, does every nonprofit need a strategy? Yeah, right. No, <laughs> that's right. And it's yeah. Like, yeah, good point. I mean, it doesn't matter what you do because most of your traffic's coming from mobile in four years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want- by most, I mean, like, I'm talking like 70, 80 percent. We're not saying like, oh, when it tips over to 50 percent, it's, you know, it'll hey, be George, a foregone conclusion. 
Let me ask you a quick question on mobile. A lot of times I get that question from nonprofits, and one of the things that I often tell them, and I, I really want to know whether you agree with this or not, everyone is so concerned right now about having a mobile website. And my response to them is no one is going to your regular website. So what makes you think they're going to go to your mobile website? So what a lot of times what I say is focus on social networking sites like Facebook, like Twitter, or which wherever you're seeing your audience active and where it's growing, because all of these things are already optimized for mobile, and it's where the people are. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I can't fault that. You know, like, why invest a ton of money in, you know, building a, a mobile version for 10 people? Yeah, that's right. The that's what I think. analytics tell a good story, but my, my piece there is actually uh, taking that one layer deeper, just one layer if you're talking about these networks, yep. if you're talking about you know, this communication idea back to, uh, honestly, Seth Godin, who uh, is an absolute, like, idol of mine. Mm -hmm. uh, he, and it's one of his original books, Permission-Based Marketing. And so yeah. my question back is, you know, do those nonprofits have the permission to talk to people that care about them? Yeah. And I get a little hesitant sometimes looking at what Facebook does to all of your, um, all of your likes on your fan page and mm -hmm. suddenly charging you to talk to them. I get a yeah, little right. hesitant yeah. about signal to noise on any platform that you don't own. And what I mean by own is you have their like raw information to contact them, cell, email, address. Mm. And that's the, that's kind of like at the heart of whatever you're building. I hope it's uh, building that asset mm -hmm. for you. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about permission-based marketing. For example, I think most nonprofits know that their database is critical, and that's not any different for mobile. And But I think the traditional way to collect data is you need an email address. If nothing else, you need an email address to be able to connect with these people. Do you then hey, start... I actually challenge you. Hold on, hold on. I yeah, challenge ahead. you that every... Like the general, if we're playing the generalization game of nonprofits, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that every nonprofit actually think their database is important because mm -hmm. if we were to do an unofficial poll of people listening, mm -hmm. I almost guarantee over 50% would be like cringing when you mention the word database and like the state that it's in. Yep. The amount of like, if I care about it, I should invest in it, which is mm -hmm. a logical statement, but mm -hmm. I'm, I just feel people cringing when they're like, yeah, it's actually on Excel. Yeah, yeah. it's actually in this outdated thing. So yeah. if you cared, you'd invest in it. Mm -hmm. No, okay. All right. Given, granted. Well, let's hypothetically say that in best practice, nonprofits understand that they should have a database that at minimum is collecting an email address so they can communicate with them on a more regular basis, as you're pointing out, owning the data. So with mobile, though, it, I don't know. I mean, if I sign up for an email list and I, one of the mandatory fields is my cell phone number, okay, A, I'm going to bulk at that a little bit, and B, if that organization now starts sending me text messages, I don't want that. So mm -hmm. is that something that should be a mandatory? Is there a different level of permission you need to text somebody? The, uh, yeah, you shouldn't bundle those. You should do tiered permission. And uh, anytime you ask for information, this is something uh, Reed Hoffman really hammered home for us, is anytime you're asking for information from a user, mm -hmm. you better be delivering value. Mm -hmm. Demonstrate value back to them. Mm-hmm. So, for example, like you do something, did some really cool campaigns. What was the one called where they you impregnated teens' oh, phones? What was that called? <laughs> <laughs> that was called that was called George's weekend. No, stop it. <laughs> Are we asking about kids? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. But no. No. But, no, no, no. Hold on. I thought that was a great campaign, though. And what, what it was? What was it called? Is, what was it called? Well, it, well George. Yeah. 
yeah. And, and you know, what, what was great about it is that they were at, you were actually sending text to teens that signed up, giving them prompts about like, Hey, time to feed the baby, time to change the baby, right. you know? And, uh, and, you know, and teens were kind of like, I saw some of the responses. They were like, you know, this, this baby thing's a lot of work. Yeah. Well, with, yeah, okay. I mean, so my, my question there is with something like that, they've clearly signed up to, you know, participate in this campaign. Do you then have permission to text them again in the future, or is that it? Uh, in that particular flow, we kept the permission to text them in the future. Mm-hmm. And do you, what's the unsubscribe rate look like for that? And can you unsubscribe from a mobile phone? Like, I don't even know how to do that. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. we're talking just... like, I don't know how much time we have here, but, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> uh, the, uh, there are step, definitely mobile standards that uh, you keep doing. You uh, text stop to any time you're on any message list, right. and you yep. uh, legally are immediately opted out of that, and that's, like, across every single uh, provider, third party. And Good to know. Yeah, the, uh, the communication we give is, uh, you know, letting them know what's coming, and it's just managing expectations. To your other question, we lost about a quarter of uh, the people that initially signed up. That's not bad, though. Another quarter wow. Yeah, that's not bad. No. You should try yeah. texting sometime, maybe. Uh, you know what? I text all See the time. But like. I, I, no, I text all the time, but I do not I do not give permission to use my mobile number because I don't want people texting me push yeah. messages. It makes me crazy. Yeah, right. I know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, It reflects how old you are. You know what? You're older than I am, so careful, careful, step, careful, off. Careful. step off. Step <laughs> off. Um, well, if if you can both believe it, I, I sort of can't because I feel like we're just starting this conversation, but we've reached the end of our show. Aww. So, George, tell us where we can find out more about you and Whole Whale. Yeah, George, do you write a blog or something like that? I mean, I would you love should totally to read, write a blog. Oh, my gosh. You know, I'd love to read stuff from you on a daily basis, but you probably have no time for us. Yeah, uh, I have uh, first off, A, always nice to be here, and Megan, yep. thank you. Uh, B, I'm writing more and more tips on my site that just okay. kind of, I try to dial back the rant level, yeah. but more of a helpful, like, this is what I do in reaction to this. So uh, on my site, wholewhale.com, I've got, um, you know, six tips, six tips so far, so I'm to make three social media tools, but uh, I hope to be uh, writing some more. Good. We would love that. I mean, you are like a, a tremendous resource. I mean, hearing you speak and hearing you talk today, uh, you know, there's just so much that you guys have and you have so much to offer. I mean, I would love to hear more from you. Oh, man. Thank you. That's, uh, that's really nice of you to say. I mean, I just yeah. uh, listened to someone smart who told me to say things with confidence and people listen. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> well, thanks for being with us today, George. Joe, if people would like to find out more about you, how can they do that? Um, they can find me at my blog, selfishgiving.com. Um, they can also find me in Twitter at Joe Waters. And I want to remind people too, uh, you know, I'm up over a thousand pins on Pinterest with Cosmic. You're a madman. Madman. I'm just crazy, George, on Pinterest. I'm with all the girls and we're talking cosmarketing and wedding dresses (laughs) and China and wedding rings. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's it's just a yeah, it's just the the great place to be. So, what about you, Megan? I, I don't find you on Pinterest a lot, Megan. It makes me sad. I am on Pinterest more than I'm on Google Plus. I will yeah. say that. <laughs> and I would also like to make a plug because all of you fabulous listeners, George is going to be doing next month's Cos Marketing Forum 
our master's webinar on February 26th. So, and he's going to be talking about YouTube specifically and videos and cause marketing. So I highly, highly recommend you join us for that. It's February 26th. We'll put that in the show notes and you can find me on Twitter, looking at pictures of Joe's new puppy at Megan Strand. And I also tweet for the cause marketing forum at tweet CMF and blog for the, for the cause marketing forum at cause update com and you can find uh, Cause Talk Radio, the show we're on this morning that I apparently have forgotten, on Stitcher Smart Radio as well as iTunes. So please join us there. Thanks so so much for joining us today. On behalf of George and Joe and myself, I'd like to thank you for being with us today for Cause Talk Radio. Mm-hmm.